You lived because you ran. But you're right about one thing. The Empire had you fighting each other. Which should make you hate them all the more, and you do. I said, I know you. I know the outside. I know what people tell me when I ask. The rest I imagine. I imagine your hate. I imagine that no matter what you tell me or tell yourself, you'll ultimately die fighting these bastards. So what I'm asking is this. Wouldn't you rather give it all at once to something real than carve off useless pieces till there's nothing left? For the Republic! Frequency 1138 is all clear and clicker free. This is Clone Army Radio. Execute Order 66. Could soldiers follow orders? Could soldiers follow orders? Begun. The Clone War has. I found them. Repeat, I found them. What is up, Clone Army? Welcome back to the best accidental Star Wars podcast. You're pointing. What's up? This side of the galaxy. Oh, I, I was that? pointing to that side of the galaxy. Oh, I thought it was this side of the galaxy. No, that side. <laughs> Shit. Uh, okay, so either side of the galaxy. <laughs> this way. There we you are. <laughs> yeah, this way. Uh, we are but simple clones making our way. Like our father before us. Yes. Oh, wait, you guys went that way with your head. Like our father before us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I wish people could see what we're doing. <laughs> well, if they could, they'd see like um, a thousand feet of table in front of me. I know. It's like, uh, it's like a very long table. It is. It's but not it's that weird. long. Because it, it feels like I kind of like it because you're not all up in my screen. Okay. Yeah, I don't like to look at you that much. <laughs> Makes sense. I don't like to look at me that much either, if that helps. So. <laughs> it helps a little. Okay, good. <laughs> so, yeah, here we are. And we are, um, what are we at? Episode 91. Whoa. What? Yeah. We're going to be hitting a milestone soon. Are we? Yeah. Oh, what are you guys going to do for 100 shows? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe we do one of these, huh? We do, come into the studio here, John, and you can be on the table over here. There's another mic. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got to fly Charlie in then. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got another mic for Charlie, too. There you go. You, you're coming to the States, if you like it or not. Yeah. He, he oh, already decided. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Was it nine <laughs> weeks from now? Plan it. Holiday. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of time to plan, but get there. The, the hurricane will be done by then. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll have another king before you <laughs> stop. Nice. The, um, the new pennies were released today. Images of the new coins with his face on. And I honestly, it's it's so weird. Oh, I bet. All right, man, that's got to be a, that's got to be crazy. Seeing money one way your whole life, and then mm-hmm. no, you got to switch. Mm-hmm. Wow. You guys definitely do you know some different things over there. Oh. Difference is one word for it, Lito. <laughs> Different is definitely one word. <laughs> That's like 200 years of having the queen on a coin. Yeah. I don't know why oh. I'm so stuck on her being 200 years old. I'm weird. I don't know. But was <laughs> She's she 96? Not... Yeah, she was 96. Yeah, okay. Close enough. She was 96 mm-hmm. and she... I can't remember how many years she ruled for, but it was a long time. Yeah. Long anyway. Before I was born. <laughs> Same. I am at not least she, here to talk about the queen. At least she became a queen and and not got stuck like Princess Leia, that was always a princess. Yeah, yeah it always made me there. sad that Leia never got the chance to like, you know, level up. Right. Like even in uh, the expanded universe, I don't think she ever. Or she She's a queen in my eyes. Yes. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Rest in peace. To me, she's royalty. Little Force Awakens for y'all. So, episode four, Aldani of Andor. Ooh. That's how you say it? Aldani. We Aldani with this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to say something that sounds kind of weird. 
I thought this episode was boring as F, but really effing good. (laughs) (laughs) I was like halfway through. I'm like, this is so good, but I'm bored. I don't know. Like, I don't hate it or anything. I I really enjoyed it. I just felt like I was bored the whole time. Maybe because there wasn't a lot of action or any action. And Mm. that might be it. But overall, I thought it was a great episode and there was a lot of stuff that happened. So. Right. My my initial thought was like, okay, what did I watch? I'm just going to wait till I talk to you guys so you can tell me what I watched. Um, <laughs> I watched episode four of Andor all day. Yeah, but, but what am I watching? Like, what what am I, what, what, what's going on? Like, I, <laughs> what, what did I just witness? The start of something? Sorry, you know what I mean? Like, what happened? Okay. Saw Guerrero was in there. We have to give ourselves a little bit of credit because I think we called that last episode. Well, his Who name did? was in there. So, huh? well, his name, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah our predictions. Name dropped smack bang in the middle of that episode. Yeah, right. our 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 uh, Charlie, your prediction of of Andor having a, a female kind of like, you know, kind of like someone to deal with, female wise, right on the money. Mm-hmm. Major props, you know. Loved her, loved her character. Talking talking about uh, Val. Yes. Okay. Um, also, loads of Game of Thrones actors in this episode. I oh. only noticed the one, the um, the old guy, the Imperial. Mm-hmm. Um, Val is in Game of Thrones as well. Really? Yeah, she's a... I can't remember if she's one of the wildlings or one of the background like female characters. I'm not too sure. She's not in it for terribly long, but... Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Charlie, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, Charlie? Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. It was... um. It was just a bit fun and a bit different. And I think because I really enjoyed the first three episodes, I was super excited to see kind of where we're going next. Also, it's a 12-episode series, mm-hmm. so they're really taking their time with these characters and these character developments. So I think that's maybe why it feels a little kind of boring. You're right, there wasn't any action. I don't think there was just lots of talking and walking and talking and some more walking. <laughs> and right. sh- shut up talking. We got some walking to do. Exactly. <laughs> Save your wind. <laughs> Love that line. Um, it's definitely like, I mean, the plot is definitely thickening. We're getting getting a taste of what's to come. We're seeing like the weight of some characters like Mon Mothma, I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. It's just I don't know. Like I said, I mean, it was it was a lot of talking, but there's so much being it, it, the story is being told really well so far. I think. Mm. Go ahead. It was quite exposition heavy. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. there was a lot of scenes where it was like, now we're going to explain everything that's going on here, and then we're going to cut places, and then we're going to explain everything that's going on here. The spoon feeding is is happening, but in a way that I think is enjoyable and. Like necessary to the plot and moving the story forward. It doesn't feel like it's dragging its feet too much. I will admit there were quite a few times I had to rewind and be like, right, I need to hear that again. Give me <laughs> give me a sec. I need that again. Especially with there were so many planets name dropped. Like there were there were some deep cuts. There were oh, yeah. Scarif was mentioned. Um The Mud. Got like mud. a whole list. Bimban. Mimbam, yeah. Mimbam, yes. You know what's wild about that is I think um, I actually wrote something down about Mimbam, but I think that um, the timelines and everything line up to where when Luthen tells Cassian that he was a cook, it's possible Cassian cooked some food for Han Solo because I think they were there at the same time. Yes. Oh, wow. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm Um, blown away. Uh, <laughs> to touch more on the Mimban thing, though, they said something about they were fighting themselves there. Did you guys pick yeah. up on what that meant? Like, I was kind of confused by that. Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe like they were talking about the separatists were ended up being. Well, is was that a was that even a a clone art clone war like battle or was that a post clone war battle? Oh, then I'm like then I then I don't. Okay, then I don't know. They're just yeah. they're just um, they're just uh, t- taking over a, a planet, right, and just dealing with the resistance of it in that battle. I think so. I think 
I could be stretching a little. I don't know. Um, obviously, you know, you can with Star Wars. That's the joy of it. Right. Um, I think it, it may be sort of like a more kind of civil war. The Empire smartly using their resources by turning the planet's population against each other, but carefully and meticulously so that nobody quite realizes what's going on and then suddenly you're fighting and you believe you're fighting the enemy and obviously in times of war people are easily manipulated and swayed kind of one way or the other but it was quite a passing comment so i wonder if it was maybe just cassian being you know passionate true it's got some like real world similarities there too he he went in being like, I spent two years in the trenches in the blood and the mud. And Skarsgård's character was like, no, you started as a cook. cook. <laughs> don't don't fake your military history to me, boy. <laughs> I've read your file. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've read your file. You were a cook, you little liar. And it makes me think that's the story that Cassian like tells people. It's sort of like his, oh, I'm, I'm a war veteran. Feel like <laughs> cook. Really, he was just serving the slop. <laughs> something i think i mentioned last week too was uh i feel like this show so far is shot almost the same way as the born jason born trilogy movies like it, to me it just feels so much like those movies and then i saw that tony gilroy wrote the screenplays for those and then how about, how about that one with uh leto's favorite actor jeremy renner um, that's um that, yeah uh what's the, his uh, name in the avengers Miller? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember, we made a whole joke about him. Uh, but I'm like, okay, so I, okay. at first I'm like, am I just seeing things that aren't really there? But I'm like, okay, he wrote the screenplays for those three films, directed the other one. I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess I'm actually picking up on something that's there. Uh, but it just seems like a lot of the shots that they do and like the, the rotations of the cameras and everything just feel like that spy thriller kind of direction. At least that's what I was picking up on. Especially, I keep forgetting like the character's name. I'm just going to keep calling him Skarsgård's character until I remember. Luthen or someone Rail. tells me. Huh? Luthen Rail. Luthen, thank you. Yeah. Um, fantastic option for him being an art dealer. Brilliant like occupation to have as a spy. Plenty of time off planet without mm -hmm. suspicion. Contacts across the whole galaxy. Um, knows everyone, is in everyone's business. But also him getting changed was really interesting having that secret compartment with his costumes and the the wig space wig brilliant wig, space wig. <laughs> <laughs> and all the jewelry and him practicing his like yeah in a character yeah that was so good <laughs> and sort of the whole performance with mon mothma i love her character such a beautifully polished english accent very mm. very mm -hmm. <laughs> i love it so are we watching the beginning of the rebellion's leadership kind of like putting things in play then? Is that what this is? Mm -hmm. It's a big it's a big deal. That's what it is <laughs> looking like, but at the same time they made it sound like the rebellion has been in play for quite a while because um Andor when he's trying to tell Luthen like I know who you are, your alliance, uh separatist, uh whatever else he says there rebel alliance obviously uh vel and like her little even call the that group the her group of rebels they talked about the rebellion the imperials the blonde lady i didn't catch her name at all she mentions the rebellion so i mean yeah i think it's it's leading towards like seeing maybe some of the leadership coming together but i think the re actual rebellion's been around for 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 how long I, you cut out there john oh did I? <clears throat> yeah, my speakers. Oh, um, I I just said for a while. Like I don't oh. have like a a timestamp for it, or but it's just sounded like it's been in the works, which I guess we sort of saw with like Saw Gerrera and stuff like that. In uh, was that Rebels? Well, you guys didn't watch Rebels, but I think we're just seeing like the maybe the growth of the rebellion. Maybe the rebellion take take some some steps, some 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 big boy steps to like actually. You know, plan a mission and um, you know, uh, execute a uh, execute a uh, you know some sort of a target and uh, you know uh, put a plan together, put a group together, get them in there and and see what you know what kind of havoc we can we can uh, make right and uh, let our let let us let them let the empire know we're around. 
so it's kind of cool. This episode, we kind of got our mission, you know. We and I thought they, I thought they were gonna, I thought they were gonna get there, and I'm like, so that's what kept me like glued to the screen. It's <laughs> like, okay, cool, we're gonna get to watch this infiltration, which I love, you know. Yeah. But Patience, later. I know. Patience. I I I keep forgetting. I saw the runtime. I go 50 minutes. They're gonna definitely get to the inside the base or whatever but no we're still in the training montage you know and, and i was right there with you because i even checked like how much time was left and i'm like oh okay there's like two minutes for like credits and then four or five six minutes for maybe at least the start of the mission and it's just like boom episode over and i'm like what mm-hmm. the like yeah i don't know if you guys are there with me but the abruptness that these episodes have been ending in just kind of makes me feel empty when it's over i'm like you know at least give me a cliffhanger or something it's just it's really it's a really different way to end an episode they are disney are really teasing us and i'm i'm not happy about it i am grumpy i it's not fair (laughs) (laughs) exactly i'm right there I wanted to take a second to talk about the um, the female imperial officer. Um, like, it's often easy like to forget that the time period that this is set in in terms of the Star Wars timeline, but also they're trying to mirror when it would have been made if George had made it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as they were back in like the eighties and seventies. Yeah. And it's really interesting that her position as a senior female officer is brought up in in discussion and talking about how rare it is that she's even here and how unbelievably difficult it is for her to do the job she does. She has hold of three sectors. And if I remember correctly, there are 10 planets to a sector. So she has 30 planets to look after, whereas her male co-worker, who's the same like position as her, I think they said he has like nine or 12 sectors to deal with. So she's got, like they're constantly going to keep accusing her of wanting to, yeah, climb the ladder, right? Yeah, I think it was a really interesting look into kind of sexism within the workplace, like a really nice take on like, the acknowledgement of it was appreciated. Is what yeah. I'm trying to get. At. Yeah, I agree, and and with you saying that they were basically equals in their positions, but he still kind of was like, no, you know, I can tell you what to do was very interesting because that's about what it would have been back in that time right yep also i said this to johnny um (laughs) lieutenant supervisor blevin her superior is played by ben bailey smith known as doc brown he's a uk comedian Mm. i know him from like his comedy rapping did not expect to see him in the middle of star wars brilliant yeah he seemed like a fun fun guy I, yeah. I really didn't know he could like act. And he delivered his lines. Not off his talent or anything, but genuinely it was such a nice surprise. And there was a, a real kind of depth to the character. Mm-hmm. And his, his rapping about tea was yeah, just perfect. It, he also has another rap called Everybody's Racist. I would highly recommend it. It's very good. I'll have to check that out too. <laughs> Do. He's a very, very funny comedian. It's funny uh, to see like a lot of comedians that show up in in movies and stuff like that and end up like really pulling it off i mean you got people like eddie murphy back in the day who was just an amazing freaking comedian but then he's going in and doing all these movies i mean yeah they were mostly comedy but he still always did a great job uh Mm. bill burr and the mandalorian i'm like i don't know how this is gonna go and it was freaking perfect it It was, was amazing yeah like he took his you know his typical Bilber attitude and threw it into Star Wars and it freaking worked. So I'm all for the comedians showing up. Uh, Peli Moto, isn't she a comedian? I don't remember her real name. Oh, uh, uh, Sidar- Sidaris, Amy Sidaris, is that her Saturday name? Saturday Night Live, right? I don't, I don't know. I, I, she had her own show, I think. Okay. I didn't know she was a comedian. Nice. Yeah. Forgot the name of her show. It might have been on Comedy Central. Yeah. So she's pretty good. I thought that was um, Kate Winslet for a minute. I'm like, oh, sweet. They got Kate Winslet in Star yeah, Wars. Real. Yeah. He's looked just like that. her, you know, oh, <laughs> from the Titanic. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool to see the uh, the politics or, you know, just the they, you know, they mirrored how life must have been like to someone trying to just do their job and get accused mm-hmm. of trying to overstep and, and, and climb the ladder that they were like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just trying to do a also, good job. If they'd have listened to her, if the men in the room had listened to her, they'd have been able to crush the rebellion from the start. 
and they yeah. missed an opportunity. She stood there and said, right, I think something's going on. I think they're, they're going to do something. Yeah. Follow and your hunch. Went, oh, it's nothing. It's fine. It's not a problem. We don't have the resources, whatever. And if they'd have listened, Star Wars would never have happened. The War of the Stars would never have been started. <laughs> yeah. And that would have been that. And isn't the Empire that, would have gone on to rule. Is But isn't that like the fault, the the their their you know achilles heel is like thinking they're they've got it all under control and this little tiny little seed a little thing that that they kind of like let you know pass by they're like oh that can't that's nothing like those droids there's nothing there's no life forms in that escape pod let's not shoot it you know (laughs) it's like the same thing it's like constant theme for them they're too big for you know too big for the britches and they they constantly things fall through their fingers they rage against incompetence, yet are incompetent. Exactly. And the cycle just continues. <laughs> yeah, we're just seeing more examples. Mm-hmm. And you got to love it because they're so like pompous about it. Like, oh, we're so big. Mm-hmm. One little event, like, you know, it's nothing. It's, uh, it's also interesting to remember that barely anybody knows about the Death Star at the moment. So all of this like traffic, all of this like importing and purchasing and all of this moving around, it's all going under code names. Nobody actually knows what's happening apart from maybe like Tarkin and, you know, Vader. Um, and it, that's insane to me, like the le- the levels of like lying that's going on and deceit. Right. It's just such a recipe for disaster. And we as the viewer get to see that on from the outside and go, ha, ha. I know what's going to happen. I know. But just, oh, it's very satisfying. Very satisfying. Yeah, that's a good point because, um, I mean, we're actually in, even just in this one episode, we're seeing the Empire kind of eat themselves alive in a way mm-hmm. that they're all like kind of shooting each other in the foot to like gain their levels. And it's all just going to blow up in their faces. Like literally anyone that's on the Death Star is going to blow up. So. In their moment of triumph? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to bring up the Easter eggs because I think it's it's a funny it's a funny thing because I remember hearing Tony Gilroy say something like, Yeah, there won't be any Easter eggs in this show at all. And I wrote down just a few that I picked up on in this one episode and I'm like there's a lot. There's probably a ton I missed. Uh I'm sure there's YouTube videos out there pointing them all out, but uh do you guys think that, like, with all these Easter eggs, are they actual Easter eggs just being thrown in for fans that can, you know, point and go, oh, look at that? Or do you think these are maybe seeds being planted for future content to come out? Like, Probably both. Bit. Why not? Why why, why limit it, you know, to Plus, just one yeah. answer? Yeah. Okay, cool. The biggest one that I saw was Rakata. And Lido, I don't know if you ever finished Knights of the Old Republic, but there's a whole freaking thing about the Ricotta people. Yep. Uh, they were force sensitive. They were oh. super like technologically advanced, I believe. And it's not, I don't think it's canon, but they were the ones that invented hyperspace travel. Oh. Um, and mm-hmm. they, they were extinct. Or, I mean, they are extinct, I think, um, or at least very close to it. I thought that was huge because, you know, I'm a big KOTOR fan. So if I hear anything from that video game, I'm just like, hell yeah. Uh, How do you remember? Because there's so much stuff <laughs> in that video game. I don't remember hardly any any names of any planets or any species that they talked about. Um, they I don't remember just, anything. They were a big, They played a big role towards the end of the game. If oh, okay. uh, I think it was towards the end of the game. It's been a long time since I got all the way through that one. Uh, but it was they're just like a big... They're like an ancient force-using race, and, and there's just a lot to them. Uh, I would highly recommend to anybody listening or you guys uh, Wikipedia yes. shit because okay. there's, there's a lot of good stuff about them. Uh, the one thing, too, about it was when Luthen hands Cassian that kyber crystal necklace, and I'm trying to find it in my notes because he says, um, oh God, did I write that down? Let me just look because it was he says something about it being... Uh, the necklace, like, ce- oh, okay, I think I actually remember it. Celebrates the uprising against the Rakata people or the Rakata invasion. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's interesting. Like, I wonder if that Kyber crystal's maybe somebody's lightsaber, 
uh, kyber crystal or something. Um, I'd like to hear more about that. But he gives it to Andor, and he's like, consider it a down payment. Take no less mm-hmm. than 50000 And he goes, but I want it back. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell does that sell it but i want it back how does that like a flaw in the writing <laughs> maybe maybe sell it to somebody and steal it back maybe that's his uh maybe training uh, you know that's a mm-hmm. good point like the way you think he, he this guy's i don't know unconventional methods i guess you know train someone that the best way to train someone which like they don't know they're being trained you know that's yeah that's very true before i go down Charlie, you looked really excited when I said Easter eggs. So what, do you have any you want to talk about? <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, the gallery scene with Mon Mothma and Luther yes. was absolutely packed to the nines. Yeah. Um, I don't, Johnny, I don't want to take airtime away from you. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. You looked really excited, so... The first thing uh, Luthen hands Mon Mothma is an Udapalan monk-like weapon, mm-hmm. um, which is Udapala, U- Udapala, U- Udapa, thank you, is yeah. the planet that Obi-Wan fought General Grievous on. Mm-hmm. That was a nice little, um, there was some Mandalorian armor in the back. Yep. Um, there was a Kalakori on one of the back shelves, the uh, Twi'lek um, family like heirloom. Oh, like uh, Harris and Dula's. Yeah, the one that Thrawn used to be like, I know all about your family. This is everything I know about you because the Calicori is added to with each family member and each generation and there's carvings and symbols. They're very odd that he has one because they are deeply treasured and incredibly important to Twi'lek families. Uh, I didn't even catch that. Speaking of Twi'leks, Ryloth was name dropped. Nice. Made me very, very happy. Yep. Lito, you remember Ryloth and Chams and Dula and all that stuff? Uh, refresh my my ma- my memory, please. Um, I think Can't, it's Harris and Dula's dad. Okay, <laughs> they they went to Ryloth a couple Harris. of times in the Clone yes. Wars. Yeah, and, and they're Jam Rebels, was like the general. Yeah, like they. Yeah, Rebels. yeah, Rebels and Clone Wars. And, yep. and did they? They weren't in no Harrow. They weren't yeah. in um the new series here. Um, Bad Batch. Yeah. Bad Batch. They, yeah, were? they were. Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. This is why I talk to you guys, because I'm like, tell me what I missed, what went over my helmet. I'm such such a little mark. Easter egg hunting is my favorite thing to do in shows like this. (laughs) Um, In Luthen's back room, there were holocrons on the shelf, the triangular ones and the square ones, like the Sith and the Jedi, which I thought was super cool. It was nice to see them like back in the past, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um. Indiana Jones's whip in carbonite. What? Which what? is hands down like the coolest. Where's that at? I I do I think it's in the gallery the gallery, but I, I do need to double check, but it is definitely okay. in there. I saw it on Reddit and was like, I need to write that down. <laughs> That's awesome. And the best, most exciting one that made me lose my little teeny tiny mind. Um the mannequin in the back with the armor on, did anybody recognize the helmet? Yeah, Star Killer. It with the spikes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Starkiller from the Force Yeah. Starkiller from where? The Force Unleashed game? Yes. When he's oh. a Sith. Like, because he goes it's, back and forth, I think, in the games. Like, he's. He starts off as Vader's apprentice mm-hmm. and then. Then it's like a whole thing. It's a oh. really, really, really good set of video games. I would highly recommend them. Super fun. You can get really, really overpowered <laughs> and just pick up like whole ships and just throw them at stormtroopers. It's that's what I want to see in movies. Is that yeah. seriously like thirty? What is that? Like thirty minutes? Thirty minutes, like twenty-seven seconds ish. The Indiana Jones whip and carbonite. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like in a. It's like all wound up in a circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's funny. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Did you notice the Gungan shield? No. That was that was behind Luthen, I think, towards the beginning. I'd have to. What? Yeah. It's like not, you know, obviously right. it's not turned on. Okay. It's off. <laughs> okay. Then that, then that backs up my theory. You know, Mom Mothma out the back is like, I'm going to add somebody else in. And Luthen's like, no, you can't do that. I'm not having that, even though that's exactly what he did with Cassian. I would love, in my heart of hearts, I really hope she's talking about Jar Jar. Nice. What? Nice. Darth Jar Jar. Yeah. No, I just, I, I, please, I really hope, I know that Ahmed Best would love 
just I know he's seen like it's I call, I'm calling it the Brendan Fraser effect. Um, he's seen like the kind of like outpouring and love for Jar Jar as a character now, and mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bring back <laughs> a, a fan favorite, if you will. Very <laughs> much so. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. My my daughter would be like, I mean, like, guess who's back? And she'd be like, who? I'm like, Jarda. She's like, I'm watching. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Did you guys by chance catch the World Between Worlds tablets? No, I'm know. telling you, this is why I'm, <laughs> I'm on the show. <laughs> the, um, Those are from Rebels, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that these could be from Rebels because I think... Uh, I'm not sure where the timeline rolls with, with Rebels and Andor. I think they're like kind of right around the same time. Yeah, the the girl, his assistant. I think mm-hmm. her, I thought her name was Leia at first. I think it's Clea. It's just kind of funny to me. But uh, <laughs> she like tells Mon Mothma's driver, uh, like, "Can I, you know, show you anything while you're waiting?" And she's like, "We just got some very interesting coins." And then she walks over and she says something like, "They're fourteen thousand years old." And you see, like, it's either World Between Worlds or something from. Uh, mortis or something it's like the little tablets and there's like a hand on it i'm trying to find the the timestamp, but it's not playing for some reason i'm gonna have to go through this frame by frame now damn i've missed so much yeah there's just there's i'm slacking so much in here though like like <laughs> i'm like... sure everything that's in his gallery is something that is from you know some star wars story or a video game you know what i mean like there's just so much in there that they're not going to just. I think it's a for the hell of it. A really beautiful kind of way of like like a like a head like a hat tip like a just a little nod to things that not every fan but some fans will get and absolutely love. Like mm. seeing Starkiller's helmet, I've had so many people in my DMs being like, <laughs> <laughs> "This is the coolest." Do you, have did you guys watch um um. um the man in the high castle. I didn't. By any not. chance? I started no. to watch it once and then I no. never finished. Well, the whole part about him being an art dealer, but still kind of being in the underground and being, you know, mm. and selling antiquities to like, you know, obviously he's not selling it to um, not Mathma or anything, but like probably to like, um, you know, imperial elites and stuff. That's kind of like a little. It's kind of like it reminded me of the man in the high castle. So I was like, which is, you know, science fiction kind of movie, too, you know, where um, Japan kind of takes over the United States after World War Two and they split like Nazi Germany, you know, not uh, Germany and, and, and Japan split the United States. And like, you know, there's a guy kind of working, you know, underground through that art Ooh. gallery. So. I'd really enjoy this series. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely a what if scenario that I've never seen be- done before, and they did it pretty well. I, I got through one season. There's two seasons that I know of. There might I think be more. Like four seasons. Oh, there's four now. There wow. might be. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a thinker. It it sounded like an interesting show. I just yes. I never. I always. Sometimes I forget stuff exists after I start watching it. I think it's on Amazon up. Prime. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an Amazon show. 29 minutes, 56 seconds for anyone listening, or if you guys have a second to look, that's where the tablets from uh, uh, the world between worlds are. Where, where would we have seen those? Um, in Rebels, there's a whole... I'm telling there you, you guys got to watch Rebels. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's you just... Smack so in the head with that. that. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's it's so hard to be like, world between worlds, and Leto, you're like, what is that? Uh, but but <laughs> yeah. the tablets... Also look like things that we saw in Mortis, which is also in relation to the world between worlds. It's all connected. Interesting. I bet you even those like flowers and stuff that are kind of like in little plants and everything, little bonsai trees when she comes out, that probably has a story too. I mean, everything in there is, you know, obviously intentional and has purpose, has a story and builds the whole background of who this guy is and you know, oh, I see the tablets. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, um, the world between worlds is also mentioned in like the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary. It's part of the Jedi notes. Like, there's an open like book page with oh, a no. diagram of the tablets and the symbols and what it all means. Oh, I kind of love it when they do their homework and they do it and then then they, they execute well with it. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Man, it's like they care. 
and I appreciate they do. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can tell that they care. It's it's pretty freaking noticeable that they care. Uh, Lito, something you said about him selling like the the art pieces and stuff. What I got out of that that is he sells to like obviously Mon Mothma, but I'm thinking he's selling to people that are in line with the rebellion. And that's how it's being funded. Like, because she says that she's having a hard time moving the money around now. She says a good line, too. She's like, I feel like I'm under siege. And I'm like, Jesus, the weight on this this woman for what she's doing is it's got to be hard. But uh, that's I was kind of thinking that at least is that, you know, she's like, okay, well, I'm buying this gift for my husband, you know she's not saying this part but you know here luthan take you know this 300,000 credits and go pay your mercenaries and shit and stuff yeah. to, to do these missions um oh so they're kind of, of laundering money yeah. in a way mm-hmm. yeah i think it's a really cool it was a hideous present if i do say so myself the worst uh-huh. of the choices i feel also bringing it home to a husband who seems like excuse my language a bit of a dick right <laughs> He's dressed like a wannabe Jedi, obviously in the middle of his midlife crisis. That's fine. Decor was immaculate. Set dressing, absolutely beautiful. The lap of luxury. Husband bit him. Yeah. I'll be her husband. There you go. Yeah, he was he was a total d bag. If I if he I. He really was. Like it was the little it was the little like man bun with the, the the really tightly trimmed beard. I was like, I know exactly what sort of guy you are. <laughs> Who who's playing that guy? He's, he looked like the Banna guy. Eric Banna. Eric Banna, yeah. I doubt it, but I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of like the set piece and all that, you know, it's funny, Charlie. <laughs> I just got to the part about Mon Mothma in my notes, and I wrote, "Her husband's a dick." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like right there with you. <laughs> great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. I am trying to open and or on my phone because there's a rip there was a moment it's a line that cassian says and it's just it's so because we know how he dies yes spoilers Mm. everybody um just if anyone's not seen rogue one um we know how he dies and he says a line regarding like burning on the horizon and i was just like dude please stop and i really wish i could find the timestamp, but disney plus is Playing silly bummers. But no, there was a lot of um there was a lot of foreshadowing in the dialogue. Like I a lot of the bits that I listened back to when you like listen and I have turned the subtitles on because it helps. Oh, yeah. Um so much foreshadowing. Yeah, like um my daughter watches um my Disney Plus and she left the subtitles on and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it on. Yeah. Just you know, I think you catch a lot more. It, so that's it really good, helps. Good point, Charlie. Yeah. I always go first viewing without, and then if I watch again, I throw the subtitles on. It oh, okay. can ruin the punchlines of jokes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because the like whole joke will be on screen, and you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, does, it does spoil a little bit, but um, you definitely catch a lot more of what they're talking about. But, yeah. Also, please tell me you guys found it really funny that Cyril, poor Cyril, after being shouted at by his superior... Went and moved back in with his mum. Right. <laughs> she got, I thought I got rid of you slap to the face. Yeah. Or yeah. it also felt like a what have you done, you stupid boy. Yeah. Or or where have you been? Where have I, you been? Yeah. Um, also, she lives on the lower levels of Coruscant, which I thought was interesting. It, it implies like he, he comes across as somebody from wealth, but in fact, like... His mother lives in, like, sort of, I guess, what's considered closer to poverty almost in Coruscant. Like, we've the lower levels are where the death sticks are and the seedy clubs and mm-hmm. the like the assassins and all of that sort of stuff, as we saw in um, Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah, he definitely does like kind of come off as a wealthy person. I, um, on the topic of Cyril, I think that. I get the feeling he and the blonde imperial lady are going to hook up to go after Andor because he seemed really hell bent in uh, the first three episodes on catching Cassian, mm-hmm. and then obviously he blew it. But I think because he's you know 
encountered him, I think she'll contact him at some point and they'll maybe work together to go after him. I don't think his story's done, at least. Like, he might live in his mom's basement, but he'll still go out and do some missions. He's going to take down the Empire from his mom's basement. That's what he's going to do. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in today's, yeah, it's, you know, speaks to today's, you know, society and being online and underground chat rooms or whatnot. Build a little army <laughs> from the, every basement. Oh, and speaking of that, when he's going back to live with his mom over the, the spaceport, there was another uh, name drop of Hosnian Prime. Or is it Hosnian? Yes. Prime, which is yes, it was Hosnian Prime. Force Awakens, right? Yes. That comes from? Yeah, okay. Finally, they're mentioning the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely um, weaving that stuff in. I also really enjoy um, all of the, like, I don't know, you guys don't really have, like, the underground like we do in the UK. Like, it was really interesting to see basically, like, tube maps, like the London tube, on all of these billboards showing you, like, what transport, what hyperspace routes are connected to other hyperspace routes, because obviously the Empire has control and view over all of them, so you can only get certain ones to certain places and arrivals and departures, and it it feels so real and I, I really appreciate that about this show. There's so much to relate to as just a normal person. Mm-hmm. Like I said on my Instagram story, normal people doing normal things under a fascist regime. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> right. So wait a minute. The hyperdrive works like you take it like a like a like you said, the underground or, or yeah, like you take to it to like one point then you cut over in another point yeah. and then you're on a different line and yeah. then you what i didn't know that i thought it was just like a it, the computer just made sure you didn't go into planets and asteroids or you know you just kind of like weaved yeah, in and I'm out of stuff it's like it's like air traffic control there have to be oh, wow. people who monitor who's going what at what time and that's pretty awesome i didn't i think it was that was that was in this episode see i missed it that was uh, when Cyril was walking after his disgraced meeting where he was screamed at. I thought he was going to cry. Oh, yeah. I could see I could see the tears. <laughs> I've been there. Oh, boy. Such so much promise. But, you know, he just got caught up trying to be uh, someone he wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. poor little guy. Yeah, but I think ambition gets to people, and I think that's a, a huge flaw of the empire that's being really explored in this. That ambition is dangerous, arrogance is dangerous, it will get you killed. Don't go chasing waterfalls, yes. right? <laughs> there was a, I also I keep forgetting Cassian's like spy name that he chooses Clem, Clem, Clem. yeah, it's his, it's his dad's name, it's Marva's partner's name, who we oh, met in really? the flashback episodes, okay. His name is Clem, and I was like, "That one hit home." I had a dog named Clem. Oh, <laughs> yeah. dude, I remember Clem? He, yeah, you remember awesome. Clem? Yeah, yeah, German short, German short-haired pointer. Yeah, he was such uh, a cool dog. He's dude. a cool dog. He's the frisbee. You can throw the frisbee, you catch it. A little, a little behind would kind of like keep oh, moving. Was awesome. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he was a lot of. He was a. He was a ton of fun. He dragged me. He caught a score. I was walking him and like he, he dragged me like 20 feet he was so strong i was a little kid and uh, i didn't let go but man I, I took a punishment um last time i took him walking because i'm like you know what that's <laughs> good it's good for me speaking of dogs i'm stealing the microphone for two seconds because i know this won't be released today but it's we're being recording it on the 30th happy mm-hmm. birthday to my little sausage dog ruby it's her fifth birthday today oh happy she's a birthday. proper big grown-up dog now <laughs> yeah and I love her very much. Wait, is it the her birthday's tomorrow? No, her birthday's today. Today? That's okay. yeah. crazy. Our cat's birthday is October 1st. So it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> I would love to be like, oh my god, introduce them. No, Ruby hates cats. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, what, kind of, what kind of dog is Ruby? She's a, a dachshund, a wiener dog. That's oh, wiener dog. Oh, them, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are cool dogs. Yeah. yeah. Long backs. She's, a, she's sure. a miniature one, so she's only about like Maybe this big. Oh, excellent. Anyway, sorry. Star Wars, <laughs> not my dog. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, we, I started it. Sorry. Oh, good. No, that's, that's, dude, I've totally forgot about Clem. I, I, that's so cool. Yeah. I remember him being such a cool dog. Um, we've been talking about Skarsgård a lot, and I don't really think I have to ask this question, but what do you guys think of him acting and his character? Is it 
as amazing as I think. Yeah. I mean, what did they give out Emmys for the TVs? Like for sure. I mean, award winning, mm-hmm. uh, best actor award or what, or whatnot. Um, three episodes, four episodes, whatever. He's amazing. He's, um, as of right now, he's, I think my favorite character in the show, just because of just, he's, he takes no shit. He's, uh, nope. like when he's talking to Val or Vel and she looks away and he's like, look at me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's, what does he say? You wanted, you wanted to lead. This is what it comes to. That was awesome. Just like, you know, that's the pep talk you want, isn't it? Yeah, it it worked too. Like she was like, yes, you know, boom. But yeah, he's I I love his little disguise. It's the space wig. It's like almost like Clark Kent putting the glasses on. Hey, I'm different now. And I kind of want some backstory to this guy at some point, though, just because I'm I'm loving the character so much. I want more. Uh, I do hope this isn't like the last we see of him for like a while. Like, please. Very, very rich. Stellan Skarsgård is a fantastic actor and he has an incredible collection of sons who are also sensational actors. So, yeah, I just saw The Northman. Oh, don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. Don't, yeah, don't, no, no, no spoil (laughs) it. I need to see it. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. I was saying to Jennifer, I'm like, is there a Skarsgård that sucks at acting? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, They're they're the Baldwins of today. They are. But like (laughs) the way Baldwins are here, they're like, they're just so, I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying they're way better. Yeah, yeah. Alexander Skarsgård is literally there. Man's like six foot nine. Yeah. Is he really that tall? Oh my. That was crazy. Let me tell you, in the Northmen, uh, (laughs) (laughs) double finger (laughs) thank you with the knuckles and everything that's awesome (laughs) but yeah something else that he says to vel too and i I only wrote down like part of the quote because i didn't want to write everything down but they're talking about bringing clem into the the group and she he says something about or he says something to her about there being a problem and she goes and if he's the problem talking about andor and he says, well, that's the advantage of renting him. He's disposable. Like, this Ooh. dude is such a leader. Cold. Yeah, but, like, he knows he has to be cold for, for mm-hmm. what they're trying to accomplish. And I'm like, he just delivered the line, like, so general. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm in love with the character. He's awesome. I'm not sure how, like, knowledgeable about uh Kurosawa films you guys are I I only know sort of like the kind of bare bones I won't sit here and say I'm an expert in the slightest but there being seven of them is very very similar to his film like Seven Samurai mm-hmm. which also is what inspired the Magnificent Seven Right. Oh, okay. um, I think that was a really like lovely there's always seems to be because obviously Kurosawa's films were so influential to George and his original writing of Star Wars I think it's really beautiful that I think Kathleen Kennedy specifically keeps these references going keeps these little nods and appreciations to we wouldn't have Star Wars without this that's a great pickup I went right over my helmet again um, I'm like because it did it did like they, they made the mention of the name and whatnot, the seven, the number seven. And I'm like, why does that mean something? And mm-hmm. glad I, I, I showed up today because I'm, I'm getting taught. And this is awesome. <laughs> this you, is know, great. So you, you bring up Kathleen Kennedy. And, and I wrote this down because this was back with like the Easter egg stuff, but I forgot to mention it. She said, however many years ago, something to the effect of there isn't any source material to pull from, right? But we're seeing all the all these Easter egg drops, all these eu slash legend she's, stuff becoming she's throwing canon. us off the scent she's yeah, sneaky lady right and then like what you were just saying with you know staying true to what george was inspired by and all of that like all of this stuff is going in and it's like yeah she was at, at the time i'm like god she's such an idiot for saying that and but now i'm like yeah maybe she's just like like you said throwing you off the scent because there's just there's so much source material being pulled so from. much yeah so. Uh, more ponchos, more ponchos made me very happy. I do love a Star Wars poncho. <laughs> I also appreciated Val was talking about uh, nature lovers, mystics. What an interestingly deliberate choice of word to use. Is she talking about the Jedi? That's that was my first thought. Mm. Immediately, I was like Jedi. 
You can't show us a kyber crystal and then use the word mystics and then talk about temples and right. then talk about celestial events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's reminding me of Grogu sitting on the rock and that whole like sphere of communication and it was yeah. very deliberate of you, Val. Very deliberate. The Jedi internet, yeah. So there could possibly be like a uh, an old Jedi temple on Aldani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the mystics part because I forgot about that. I wanted to bring it up and I totally... Didn't would um not to talk with Val or Val Val, Val I'm so sorry. Yeah, she was talking about like there used to be people there, but then they 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 moved away or something. The Empire kind of flushed them out of that area. Okay, so then they just moved some cities and 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 did that have anything correlation with that um that that race you were talking about, uh, John, with the Kyber crystal, um. From the Knights of the Old Republic, did, did did they do the same similar things when they were, uh, you know, creating anything? Mm. I thought that's some of like how they operated too. They kind of like the took Ricotta? over. Yeah, the Ricotta. Yeah, they, they took over a planet and kind of like made the population kind of. Um, they were corrupted by the dark side. If any of this is gonna be canon, at least they were. Who knows? The dark side and it ended up like. Because I saw yeah, an article about got, it. They kind of got drunk with power, and and it also like was part of why they became extinct too. So interesting. Yeah, uh, pretty I, ironic. A lot of irony in Star Wars, isn't there? Mm. Mm. I really enjoyed seeing the Tie Fighters fly over their heads on the mountains. Oh, that was that was really yeah. thrilling and exciting. Like I'm, I felt like I did. <laughs> scary. I was totally going to ask you guys too on that topic or subject if you guys had any favorite parts of this episode and that was mine because I had like the volume turned up like pretty high and Cassian's like wait and then you hear that and I'm like no it sounded so cool and it it looked like it almost looked like they freaking built TIE fighters and flew them around those mountains it looked so effing good the production quality is just through the roof on on the show so far they are. They are using that. Dis- it's, it's Daddy Disney. So they've got like, you know, infinite right. pockets now. All the money they could ever need. <laughs> Cannot believe I just said that on a recording. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have any moments that stood out for you like that? Um, I, when they mentioned Saw Gerrera, my perked up. and I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> and I'm like, well, how does he get to know? Because you, you posed a question in the last episode, John. It was like, if he knows Saw Gerrera, how does... You know, how is that going to work in the story? Because he doesn't know him, but maybe he just knows him under a different name. Because mm. like you said, you even said the writers will figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in this episode, boom, Clem. Yeah. No kidding, dude. Yeah, that's that's a really good <laughs> nice. point. Yeah. I like that. The guy that mentioned Saw Gerrera, too, on that subject really quick, I, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And I don't know if you guys watched The Punisher but he was the like techie guy that was working with uh, Frank to uh, oh, micro. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's who he was. I'm like, God, I had to like do some serious googling because I didn't know his name at all. Like even in the show, I couldn't remember his name was like David, and then you just said micro. Oh, damn! Of course, nice. I liked that guy. He was a cool character. Charlie, anything uh, for you mm. that like kind of made you perk up? Um, my, this is, this is a bit like soppy silly. Um, my favorite bit was just at the beginning when Luthen puts the ship into hyperspace because it never gets old. Oh yeah. That like the, the powering up of the hyperdrive and then the launch, it just, it's like driving in snow as a kid and being like, yeah, we're going to hyperdrive, yeah, space. Um, <laughs> that excitement never gets old for me. It never does. I still do that when I drive in the snow. Like, yeah, I think we. I think there's a little bit of us that all do. As soon as I get on the highway in the snow, I'm like, punch it, Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> but not too fast. Right, yeah. Uh, which is funny because I have a Chewbacca seatbelt cover for my passenger seat. So. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I, I had to. Something about the hyperspace that I thought was interesting was Andor kind of acted like he had never flown in hyperspace I know, before. I picked up on that. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm- guessing because when he was you know taken from the planet by the nice lady um i'm assuming i think they put him to sleep like they gave him sleepy medication so he probably slept through like the hyperspace launch okay 
I think it, it seemed to frighten him almost. I made yeah. him jump. Which is I, it's just weird because how I don't know how old he is in the show, but like you would think with all these things he's done. I mean, if he was on Mimban and I don't know where Ferrix is from Mimban or Mimban or anything, but like you would think he would have traveled in hyperspace at some point. Then again, I think he was a prisoner, so maybe they had like closed window yeah. rooms where they traveled. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It was it was it was a very innocent like kind of like you said scared reaction to it his acting is great too in the show by the way diego luna yeah he's fantastic absolutely fantastic charlie what do you think about diego uh shaving his beard (laughs) 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 because you were talking about (laughs) the beard shaving that's funny funny. i understand it's for the character it's for the disguise it'll grow back it's fine (laughs) <laughs> There's, there, there are enough episodes for it to grow back. <laughs> right. You'll have it back by what, 12. Here's what's yeah. funny about that is I'm straight and I'm like, why did he have to shave the damn beard? He looked so much <laughs> better you. with it. That's exactly know? why I thought. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What have you done? Don't do it. Can I add one little also moment that I liked in the episode? Am I, am I allowed to have more than one? Yeah, Sorry. Dude. Okay, cool. Um, when uh, Cyril's mom uh, uh, hugs him and kisses him and you know slaps him and whatnot, there's like a, a neighbor like like gawking at them the whole time. Yes. And then she's like, "Get the hell out of here!" Yeah, like, Mind your business. Yeah. What are you looking at? That's that's totally like I don't know. This lady yeah. looked Hispanic, but that's how Hispanic people kind of like. I was gonna say it felt very British as well. Oh, it's for real. <laughs> very like a... it, it reminded me of something my mom would do for real too. This is funny. <laughs> it's funny because I feel the same way, and my mom's Sicilian, so. Oh, was it? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so it's a very human moment then. Yeah, ex- there yes. you go. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. I like that you brought that up because yeah, she's yeah. just totally like mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've like ripped through a ton of my notes already, guys. Like, yeah, yeah I, gotta... I got to the end of my notes as well. What, what did you? What have you guys thought about the music so far in the in the series? Eh, I don't know. I want to uh, be, you know, like I don't know the composer. Like, 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 didn't seem like it's not like the Mandalorian to me. You know what I mean? Where like no. it was so, you know, it's just it just seems like Star Wars type music. It doesn't seem. It doesn't feel very specific. Like the yeah. Mandalorian was very deliberate and kind of thematic. Like you had that Mando theme kind of in almost every piece of music that was played in sort of one way or another. Andor is more kind of scenic music, more kind of atmospheric. Yeah. Like the drumming kind of rhythmic beat when they were walking through the hills, I really enjoyed. That was nice. Yeah. That like took me to like the, the King Arthur movie with. Um, yeah. I cannot, anarchy. for the life of me, pick out where they filmed that but it feels very like scandinavia norway sweden fin- that area mm-hmm. so i think that was a nice appropriate kind of music choice like it gave you that sort of wanderer traveler yeah i mean overall for me the music doesn't feel star wars um no? but but i i i'm not hating it I, i'm liking it no. more uh the scene when mon mothma gets back in her mercedes and <laughs> You know, a little Bentley, through, a little Rolls yeah. Royce moment. They're like rolling through uh, uh, Coruscant, which looked amazing, by the way. Oh. Uh, yeah, it looked it looked like a real place this time. The name came up on screen, and I burst into tears. I've had a very emotional day, but I it with it was Cor. I get very emotional about Coruscant, very attached. Oh yeah, same. But like the music when she's like driving off, and she kind of like exhales, and I'm like, this music fits this scene so freaking well. It's like. It's showing her emotion and weight. Um, mm. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, again, it's not really Star Wars music to me, but I don't think it's bad. And and I I'm gonna assume it's going to continue to get better. Yeah, to me, it's just not just not memorable. Like when you ask what do you, what do you think, I'm like I don't think anything. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember anything of it. You know, I know that's an argument people raise about Marvel, especially like the earlier Marvel films. None of the scores are particularly memorable. Whereas like Star Wars, if you ask someone to sing the Star Wars theme, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's going to take us a while as listeners to get used to not having that John Williams flair. Like, bless Mm. him. He's he's done an an incredible amount throughout his life and absolutely deserves to retire and put his feet up. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. But we miss you, and it's not the same. 
And I kind of was thinking when uh, when the Mandalorian came out that maybe Lud- I'm not going to say it right, but Ludwig Gorenson, I thought maybe he yeah. was going to take over the streaming series uh, music at least because he did such a hell of a job. With yeah, memorable. So yeah, memorable, good. exactly. And then I was thinking before Andor came out, and I don't remember the composer for Rogue One, but the Rogue One soundtrack's really good. I'm a big music fan, so and I love listening to soundtracks. Like the I mentioned, the King Arthur film, uh, Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Like I listen to that soundtrack Pretty all the so. time because it's so yeah. freaking good. Nothing's really popped out, like Lido said. Like nothing's really memorable yet. Not even like Bemo's the theme. No, yeah, that's memorable. I I love it. <laughs> it's just, that's okay. I'll say that much. That one's my favorite so far. Honestly, I don't really have anything else. I. I had a thought that, you know how, like, we've typically kind of rated episodes for, like, new shows, like Mando and Boba and Obi-Wan and all that. I was kind of thinking that that's kind of a disservice to these shows by rating them individually. (laughs) Because you don't know where the story's going yet. Especially, like, Lito, you were saying, like, I don't know what's going to happen next week. You said that last week. And I I mean, I kind of feel the same about this week. I mean, we have a little bit of an idea of what's going to happen. But I personally think we should wait until the end of the series to give it any kind of rating. That's just my opinion. Okay. Okay. I respect it. That's fair. But overall, uh, it was a good episode. Oh, yeah. yeah the, that's good. The composer for Andor is Nicholas Bretel, who is. Hang on a sec. He's a three time Oscar nominee and an Emmy winner. So. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's big. He's big time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. They got, they got a big wig doing it. Because now oh. uh, the theme for Kenobi was John Williams' last Star Wars piece. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, you know, as long as the emotions are getting, you know. Oh, um, I'm definitely emotional about Andor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm and enjoying then, it way more than I thought I was. I've seen then, people referring to it as like the redemption of Star Wars. Not that Star Wars needed redeeming in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But I recognize this is a huge step up. Like Kenobi was up the up the hill. Now we're at the top of the hill and we're going further. Mm. Then he's doing his job and we can't really complain. Mm-hmm. And the the guy that's writing the show apparently doesn't like Star Wars. What? I heard, that, I heard that somewhere. Yeah, like you, you really, really <laughs> can't tell. Yeah, but I thought Kathleen Kennedy didn't like Star Wars. Mm. That was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that woman lives, breathes, and loves Star Wars, and we love her for it. Right. Yeah, I am part of the Kathleen Kennedy fan club. In case anybody wasn't aware, I, I run it on Monday evenings. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Six till nine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on the other end of, of that fan club for a long time. <laughs> oh, I was. And then, I don't know, I had like a conversion somewhere along the line, and now I am. I just, I'm, my argument, I guess, is that, like, if she hated Star Wars and wanted it to fail, why would she bring people in like John Favreau and Tony Gilroy and uh, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. these amazing directors mm-hmm. that have been doing these shows and and. Dave Filoni getting promotions and and look up to George too, right? Yeah, she wants Star Wars to be cared for like a baby, and and that was kind of where I shifted, where I started like seeing, okay, you know, she wouldn't be doing these things and bringing these people in and and giving the okay on stuff if she hated it. So <laughs> yeah, doing these um, behind the scenes um, kind of like our episodes and everything and you can you can see her face and you know her emotion and everything um it's it's really doing a good job of of, of changing her, her her you know my image of her right. uh so we don't we don't see that when we're watching this <laughs> right. but but when they do the behind the scenes you get to be you get to peek behind the you know the curtain and uh it's cool to see that she's she's just as happy uh you know with it as we are and she's calling the shots and Sit back and watch and enjoy I am her decisions. Loving it. So yeah. happy at the moment with Star Wars. <laughs> right. Same here. Not in general, just with Star Wars. I'm <laughs> Everything else sucks, but Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Life sucks, but Star Wars is brilliant. Wasn't it, So I saw something like they're going to release some, um, some new animation, like kind of like one-off animation um, episodes or something soon. One with Mace Windu and one with Ahsoka. Oh, oh yeah, Tales of the Jedi. Too. Yeah, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. And yeah, a- I think that is coming soon. I'm actually really excited for that. The Ahsoka one, we get to see baby Ahsoka. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to cry. I think it's <laughs> next month, isn't it? I think it's supposed to be October. Mm. That's tomorrow. 
<laughs> it's my favorite time of year. It's Halloween time. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna start decorating the yard tomorrow. That's what my daughter says. It's October. You said we'd have to wait till October. We can start have, putting up scarecrows. I've had the joy of being <clears throat> in the States during Halloween and it was absolutely magical. It's unlike anything <laughs> I've ever seen. It's the original cosplay. Nuts for it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love Halloween. It's the best. All right, so probably cut out. You guys good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That was super fun, guys. Thank you. Yeah, this was a real good time. Don't know why I keep saying thank you like I'm still a guest. I will get over that eventually, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we get to episode 200, you'll you'd be like, yeah, no more thank yous. You'll be giving <laughs> yeah. us the finger. <laughs> Just right. Away. Goodbye. <laughs> all right. Well, I know Charlie doesn't want to say it, but we will catch you all next week. May the Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be witches. May the Schwartz be with you. There you go. Look, I'll do it. There you go. Yay. <laughs> Look at me. You wanted to lead. This is what he comes to. You got three days. Admiral Viet. <laughs> <laughs>